so caught up with, with Christmas gifts and buying and decorating and, and getting the food ready and, and everything. You know, what's the best Christmas gift you ever received? Think about it for just a moment. What's the most memorable Christmas gift that you ever received? Is there one that stands out? Is there one Christmas that stands out in your mind? A special time. Maybe it was from your childhood. Maybe, maybe it was from your adulthood. Maybe they're all just kind of the same. Hmm. One that you'll never forget. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. Maybe you have a gift like that. Maybe you receive a Christmas gift like that sometime. I think tomorrow my wife, Tricia, is going to receive a Christmas gift uh, too wonderful for, for words. To t tomorrow, and it's not going to be from me. Sorry. But tomorrow is, is going to be a special Christmas because tomorrow for her, it will be the first time uh, that she has spent Christmas with her brother ever. Ever. Y you see, my wife, Tricia, was adopted, but little did she know that about a block away from her was her full-blooded brother, a year younger, adopted into a different family. They never knew it. They went to the same school. They didn't even know each other. And they grew up about a block or so away, full-blooded brother and sister. And tomorrow will be their first Christmas Amen. together. That's a memorable Christmas, isn't it? That's going to be memorable. We're praising God for it. Amen. So what is the message of Christmas? You know, let me summarize it. Let me summarize it this way. You matter to God. That's Christmas. You matter to God. I mean, you really do. You matter so much that he chose to send his son, Jesus Christ, yeah. to earth to let you know that you matter to him. You matter to God. Right. Now, when you think about it, when you start to wrap your head around that, that you, you, one individual person, yeah. out of how many billions of people are alive on this earth, how many billions of people have lived on this earth? And yet God knows you. And you matter to him. That's important. And that's really the whole message of Christmas. Let's talk about one of those words that we've used for the last month a lot. And that is that word gift. The very first Christmas, God gave a gift. And he didn't just give it to the shepherds, as Pastor Pickett read the scripture, but that was to everyone. Let's talk about God's gift to you and to me and to each one of us here. 
Luke chapter 10, or 2, verse 10, 11, verse 14, the angel reassured the shepherds, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. That's from the New Living Translation. A little bit different, but still the same thing. A little worded, just a little different. I think there's some significant things here. The first thing the angel said to the people when he announced that Jesus was born is, don't be afraid. Are you afraid of God? Oh, a lot of people are, aren't they? They're afraid of God. And, and, yet, and yet, the first thing the angel says when announcing the birth of the Messiah into the world is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, I mean, why, why did God send Jesus the way he did? He could have sent Jesus in any number of different ways, right? Yeah. And we would never have expected God to send Jesus as a baby. No. I mean, I think the reason is because God God did not send Jesus to scare us. He sent Jesus to save us. And nobody's afraid of a baby. A baby's not going to do anything to us. And that's why he sent Jesus as a baby. Because he doesn't want us to be afraid of him. He wants us to have a relationship with him because we are his family. That's what he wants. I mean, he could have sent Jesus in any number of ways, but he wanted to send Jesus as a baby so as not to scare us. You know, when I look at this, what the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You know, I, I, I see that, that, that right away that this is very personal. He, he says, I bring you good news. You. It's personal. Now, now, I know he was talking to the shepherds, but, but he was really talking to everyone in the world. Because Jesus was born as the Savior of the world. Not just the shepherds. I bring you good news. Christmas is good news. Christmas is the time of year that be in between Thanksgiving and New Year's is the highest rate of suicides in this nation. Because Christmas doesn't seem to be good news for a lot of people. Because they miss it. They're missing it. You might be missing it. Oh, I know you're going through the emotions and all, but... But sometimes we get so caught up in all the trappings of Christmas that we miss the fact that this is great news, folks. It's very personal. It's good news to you, to me. It's very powerful. I'm going to bring you a Savior. A Savior. I mean, that, that's what the shepherds needed. They needed a Savior. And, and then it, it's, it's very profound because this is going to be Messiah, the Lord. Messiah. Messiah, the anointed one of God. This is going to be very God of very God. This is going to be God. You know, we often think of Jesus having his beginning there in Bethlehem. But that was not his beginning. Jesus 
was here when the earth was formed. He was present when the universe was created. He is part of the Godhead. Jesus has no beginning and he has no end. Jesus always was. He simply took on the form of human flesh to come here to bring us a message, to show us what God is really like. You know, if God wanted to to save the birds, he would have sent a baby bird, perhaps. Right? If God wanted to save the cows, he would have sent a cow. (laughs) But, but, But because they can relate to each other, I guess they do. I don't really know. He sent a baby. He sent a human being. But yet that was, that's the form that he took. But Jesus himself has always existed. But now he takes on human form. It's very profound. It's very pointed. This shall be a sign to you, (laughs) as Pastor Pickett read. This shall be a sign to you. You'll find a baby lying lying in a manger with, with strips of cloth around him. It'll be a sign. It's very pointed. In other words, there's a certain baby. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be able to tell which one it is. Very pointed. That's the message of the angel. And that is the great gift. But, you know, have you ever, have you ever seen a gift within a gift? Have, have you ever gotten something like that? If you think about it, we get those all the time. We, we, get, we get a card in, in an envelope, and we open up the, the card, and, uh, and there used to, be, used to be those things, I don't know, I, 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 there used to be cash, that was the word, cash. There used to be cash in them, right. yeah, but now there's gift cards, yeah, 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 yeah. so much better, right, yeah. That's it, that, you know, and, and we never know when we're opening up that envelope what's really inside, right? It might be a pretty card with a pretty verse, and that's okay. Or it might be a pretty card with a pretty verse. Oh, and a gift card. (laughs) That's a gift within a gift. That's exactly what we celebrate at Christmas. Because the gift of Christmas is Jesus. But there are gifts within that gift of Jesus. I want to talk about three of them. There are multitudes of different gifts. Let's talk about three of them this morning. First of all, within that Christ child, we can accept the gift of happiness. Happiness. Now, I'm going to talk to you about happiness, hope, and harmony. Happiness is not the best word for this. Joy is the best word, but it doesn't start with H. I'm going with happiness. I'm just giving a disclaimer on it, okay? I've talked to you before about the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is dependent on the, the, the happenings around you. That's what it means, happiness. Joy is an inside job. But we can have joy regardless of what's happening on the outside. And that's important to know. The angel said, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. Wow. He says, I want you to be happy. So so we can be happy in spite of our happenings around us. We can have that kind of joy. It's joyful news. 
You see, God is not some cosmic killjoy in the sky. But a lot of people think he is. He says, I want you happy. You know, he's not standing up there, you know, waiting to deal you a, you know, deal you a, a blow to the head. Right, he's not, uh, you know, so, some of our children's songs that we teach our kids in children's church and Sunday school, some of them are not always theologically the best. We've got to watch some of those, you know. I remember there was this one, one song, I haven't worked with kids for several years, so I don't remember, but I remember this one song. Uh, it's something about something about uh, God sees you with eyes. Be careful what you do. I can't remember exactly how it is, but He's watching you. You know, and yeah, that now that will instill a little bit of fear into a child. Sometimes we need to instill a little bit of fear into our children. Yes, but we can't go overboard with it <laughs> because some kids will take that and they will grow up thinking. God is like that mean policeman in the sky ready to hit me with his baton. Boy, if I do anything wrong, he's that mean principal going to drag me down to his office. God is not like that. God wants nothing more than you to be successful in life, to live a holy life, to live a righteous life, to be happy. He really cares about our happiness. But, but a lot of people think that way about God. They think, you know, if, if, if I really come to God, you know, God, God, here's what I, here's what I want to be. Then God's going to say, no, you can't be that. No, I want you, I want you to, I want you to, to be a missionary on the mission field and go to a place where where no one speaks your language and you will never have any friends and I want you to be an absolute failure in life. God doesn't know. I used to get that feeling when I went to Indiana Wesleyan University in their mission, uh, in the chapels. Almost all the chapels, there were these missionaries coming and talking about how difficult it was on the mission field. And so, and so we, we, it was ingrained in us that if you really want to be a dedicated Christian, you got to go do something you don't want to do. I was not called to the mission field. Right, right, right. But every single chapel, we heard about how bad it is and how tough it was. I just wanted a missionary to come and say, God called me to this, and it's the, most, it's the greatest thing I have ever done. I'm in the center of God's will, and God's just blessing us, and we're having a wonderful time. I just wanted to hear that just once, and I never did. Later on, I met some missionaries who were like that, but I didn't get that in college. And it was honestly beginning to, to weigh on me, like, well, I, I don't know if, if I'm really serving God right or not because I'm not miserable. You don't have to be miserable. And when you're in the center of God's will, you won't be miserable. You will be happy. I have come to give you great news of great joy. And the first gift God wants to give you is he wants you to be happy. Accept the gift of God's happiness. You can smile and be a Christian because of Christmas. You can be happy. You can enjoy life. We can laugh. And we can have fun with each other. God has given us each other. And we can enjoy each other. 
and the blessings of God. Secondly, accept God's gift of hope. Today, your Savior has been born. I I saw a Christmas card this year, and it said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness, and God sent a Savior. What is salvation? What does it mean? It means three things. It means forgiveness from your past. I have forgiveness from my past. I don't know about you, but that's important. I mean, for me, that's a big deal. You know my background. I need that forgiveness. And people all the time are asking me, well, how do you you know you're really forgiven? Because the Bible tells me so. That's it. Another thing, another thing that, that I face all the time, when I'm out speaking, and I'm, I'm speaking, I'm giving my testimony, I'm speaking about, I, I, was at, I was at Greenville University a couple months ago. And after I spoke, I could see the vice president of the university, he's the one that brought me there. And I could see him over talking with a few of the faculty members. And I knew what they were saying. <laughs> How do you know this man is really transformed? I don't know. I'm coming up on 40 years of serving the Lord. I'm coming up on my 40th anniversary of working for civil rights and speaking out for racial justice. I don't know. Somehow I think that might mean something. It might play in there somewhere. And they say, how do you know he's really reformed? Well, if I'd been reformed for four days, I think you could question that. I have a hard time questioning someone who has lived their life for four decades doing the right thing and say, well, you know, we're not real sure. I I don't know how much more proof I can give them. I don't know what he told them. But afterwards, I asked him. We were walking uh, to another, another, I was getting ready to speak in another building. We were walking, and I said, I knew what was going on. I said, so, how did people receive my talk? And he told me. He said, well, there were a couple of people who said, I said, you know what? There'll always be a couple of people I found. How did the other thousand who were here, what did they say? Oh, they loved it. There'll always be a couple of people who question your past. But because of Christmas, you can know that your past is forgiven. That's what Christmas is all about. Forgiveness for your past. Freedom in your present. You can have freedom. Well, I'm so far in debt, I don't know if I'll ever have freedom. Oh, but you may not have freedom from everything. Oh, my body aches, and and, and I've got aches and pains, I'm getting older, and oh, I just want to be free from all of this. Well, you may not have freedom in everything. 
that you will have freedom from worrying about eternity. You'll have freedom from worrying about, am I forgiven or am I not? You'll have freedom to live your life the way you want to live it, the way God leads you to live it. And then, fulfillment in eternity. You'll be fulfilled in eternity because you'll be with Jesus. That's why Christmas is all about. So that we could actually have eternity with the Lord. How do you let God save you? What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to have that forgiveness, salvation? It means you let God give you these things. Forgiveness and, and freedom and fulfillment. And you accept them as God's gift. Because as long as you're trying to save yourself, God can't save you. As long as, you're, as long as you're saying, well, I forgive myself, no, that, 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 that's important, but you've got to also ask God for forgiveness. Yes, yes. You've got to go, you've got to repent, you've got to confess your sins and repent and say, God, will you please forgive me? I want to turn, that, 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 I want to turn into that new direction that you want me to go. I want to be your person, your man, your woman from now on, not my own. I want to be yours. And then you receive that gift. God provided it at Christmas. Unto you is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. Remember that God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Well, then the last one. Accept God's gift of harmony. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Is, is how, how the New Living Translation uh, words that. We know it better as peace on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Well, they both are saying exactly the same thing. It's not, and I think I've mentioned this before, it's not, it's not the Hallmark version, though. Because Hallmark has taken that and kind of, kind of, kind of skewed it just a little bit. Because it'll sell more cards. Because it's saying peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And we know it in the King James. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. But we read that on earth, peace. It's not talking about that. On earth, peace and goodwill toward men meaning a relationship harmony between god and us that's what it's really talking about will there ever be a time that this world is completely peaceful with each other and everyone's getting along not until jesus comes and changes this world it's it's not going to happen now the bible also says as far as it concerns you live at peace with everyone. As much as you are able, you make sure you aren't causing the problem. But it doesn't mean you won't have problems with other people. So first of all, there's harmony between us and God. That's what it's really promising. It's saying because Jesus came as a baby in a manger, we can have, we can be reconciled, we can have harmony, we can have peace with God. Now, granted, that peace with God will also bring the peace of God to our hearts. 
and when we have peace with God, and then it, it generates the peace of God, it helps us to be able to have peace with others. So harmony is really kind of all-encompassing. God wants you to have a good relationship with other people, but before you can really have great interpersonal relationship, you've got to be in harmony with God. He says, I want you first to get your life right with me, and then you can get your life right with other people. And Christmas is a time for reconciliation. Being reconciled to God, and then being reconciled to those around us. You see, for many people, Christmas is a very tense time because it means dealing with with relatives that you have unresolved issues with. But it's a time of reconciliation. This should be the time, if you are reconciled with God, if you have peace with God, this should be the time in which you reach out and try to reconcile with those people that you have something against or they have something against you. This is the time to do that. And you'll find that it's probably a good time to do that. Because people tend to think more deeply spiritually around Christmas time than any other time of the year. They begin to take stock, right, of their life. Especially because we're also, we've only got a week left of this year. And we, a new year starts a new beginning. Maybe we need to think differently. Maybe we need to do some things that differently. And so Christmas time is a great time of year to make, make those gestures and see if you can't reconcile. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words, Paul writes. This Christmas, have you received the gift too wonderful for words? Have you received this gift that that God wants to give you? Okay, It's Jesus. If you've never accepted Christ in your heart, do it this Christmas. Oh, it will be so memorable, so memorable be able to look back and say, yes, it was Christmas Eve 2017 when I finally opened my heart to the Lord. It'll be a day in which you can definitely remember the date. Do it now. And when you receive Christ, make sure And this is all of you, even if those of you who have already received Christ, make sure you're also opening up the gifts that come within him. Because just three that we talked about, the gift of happiness. Christians ought to be the happiest people on the face of this earth, no matter what's happening. Because we've got that inner joy. And we know, we know we shall be the overcomers. Quick story. You know, I spent some time in Washington, D.C. this last year. I had just finished speaking and standing next to me, I still had the mic in my hand, but standing next to me was a very prominent uh, civil rights activist. I will not mention their name. 
for you, many of you, I'm sure, would recognize this person. And I had just been speaking on hope. That no matter how bleak things might look, we as believers have got to have hope. Because we have a future, and one of the things I said was, and remember, God is still on the throne. And this particular person who was standing right next to me muttered under his breath, just loud enough for me to hear, but not loud enough for the mic to pick it up. God was on the throne during slavery. I knew that no one heard that but me. And I knew it was meant for me. And I did not know how to respond, and I didn't think I needed to respond the way that it was. It wasn't really spoken directly to me, but I knew that it was for me to hear. And I had to think a lot about that because it's true. God was on the throne during slavery. God was on the throne during Jim Crow. God was on the throne these last several years. It's been difficult for race relations in the United States. And God is still on the throne. That's my theology. That's what the Bible teaches. And and that's the truth. But how do you reconcile that? You reconcile it with the hope of Christmas. Because, and I know this person is a believer. You reconcile it with the fact that as we face the new year, we do not know what this new year is going to hold. But we do know that God is still on the throne. And that's what gives us the hope to know that even though there will be bad times this next year, there will also be good times. And God is still in control even though things are happening that we do not want to happen. And ultimately, God is our hope. 